Is that your right hand in Christ Jesus? You have Jesus in your life today? Is Jesus in your life today? Then God is good. God is good. I said God is good. Thank you for all that you've given us, God. Thank you. Thank you that we can sing songs to your heart. We can sing to you. Father, it's not about us just singing a few songs. It's about us singing to you. It's about us stepping into your presence, stepping into that place, and letting you know that we love you. We're singing love songs to you, God, today. We're speaking love words to you today. Because, God, we know that when we step into that place of love, stepping into your place because you the, your, your word says that that you have given us your only son you've given us your only son so that we can experience the love we can experience all that heaven has to offer right I mean you don't have to wait till you get there to experience heaven Amen. and you're you're just put on pause if that's what you're going to do give your life to Jesus, you become a part of the kingdom, and that kingdom is moving through you. It's in you. It's on you. It is for you to give away. Amen? Man, God is good. God is good. I said God is good. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we, this morning, we just give you this place that we're at. God, we don't We don't come to church. God, we are the church. And so, God, (laughs) thank you for giving us an old honky-tonk that you can, through us, bring holiness to, to bring your presence to. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You are good. And we realize that, Lord. Today, we are aware of who you are. We are... As Pastor Lynette says, we've got awareness in his dearness, right? God, you're here. We praise you and we thank you for all that you do, what you have in store for us today. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise because you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how's everybody today? Sure. Sure, good to see you guys. Um, man, If before you sit down, if you would, turn around, tell somebody hello, give them a high five, give them a hug, whatever they want, fist bump, whatever.
How's, how's everybody doing today? Good, good. Man, it's good to see you guys. I have been gone for two weeks, and um, I mean, I mean, I've been gone on the weekend for two weeks. I'm flying back home. I used to didn't like to get on airplanes. I hated airplanes until I jumped out of one. And when I jumped out of one, now I like airplanes again. It's uh, it's it's so good. I mean, who would jump out of a perfectly good plane, you know? But but I did, and yeah, there you go. I it was it was fun, you know. The the guy that I was bungeed to, um, well, it was more of a harness. It wasn't so much a bungee cord. But uh, the guy I was connected to when we landed on the ground, he goes, "Well, would you do it again?" I said, "Nope." Nope. But, you know, I've grown up since then, and I might do it again. So I might. That's, that's, that's the word of the day. I might. What's that? I'm glad he did. Because I, I really wouldn't want to be a big splatter mark. So um, anyways, man, I, I am excited to be here today. I'm excited for what we're going to talk about today. It's, uh, it's, it's very heavy. I'm, I'm going to start a new series today. Is that all right with you? I, I, haven't, done, I haven't done series, uh, any kind of series um, in a long time. Back in 2020, before all the crap broke, broke loose in our world, um, I mean, I used to do series one right after the other, and then God told me, he says, don't do any more until I tell you to do more. So 22 hit, I'm doing series again. So uh, I, I like them, and, and I like the way that they build from one week to the next. And, and so today we're going to kind of do a little bit of an introduction into what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Is that all right with you? So if you have your Bibles today, if you would go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians is right before 2 Corinthians. <laughs> and uh, right after Romans, so you can find that in your New Testament. Um, while you're going there, I'm just going to introduce myself. My name is Darren Gleghorn. I'm the lead pastor here at Cowboy Church. Um, we're coming into our 22nd year of Cowboy Church um, here in May. And, you know, this year is already going fast, isn't it? It's already cruising at a high rate of speed, and, and we just really need to um, tuck our head between our legs and go for it, you know? So, um, so this is, this is going to be fun getting to do this uh, today and, and stepping into this new series. Um, I want to welcome everybody that's on Facebook. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you're ever in our area, you can come by on 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, and, and um, man, we'd love to have you. And so we thank you for joining us. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been out in California, in Merced, California, which is central California, and... Um, it's, it's, I mean, if you eat an almond, it probably came from there. They are the world's largest producer in almonds. And, um, you know, out there, you know, we've always said that, you know, California is kind of the land of fruit, nuts, and flakes. Um, <laughs> and it is. I found out it is. You know, truly, truly, um, the nuts come from that area. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I can't say any different about Colorado either, but uh, it's it's all good. I'm not going to try to offend anybody that's from California. We have had a good time there. We've got a, a cowboy church that is linking with us. They've they've been partnering with us for several years called Kingdom Ranch Ministries, and um, you know they've been they've been partnering partnering with us for several years. But we're going to take it to another level, and um, so Lynette and I have. Uh, I was out there for two weeks. She's going to be out there for the next two weeks. That's where she's at today. And um, and then they're going to start joining us online, kind of a satellite church. So they're going to they're going to hear us uh, in the next few weeks, and and then we're going to go out once a month and minister to them. And as we do that, we're searching for a uh, pastor for them as well. Um, their pastor uh, just kind of went off the. Uh, you know, I, I heard this in Australia. They they went off the nut, and he just left one Sunday morning. And he didn't come back, and so you know, um, I had a problem with that. 
but we're going to help them try to find a new a new pastor and I, I'm not going I'm here and so uh, you know I'm not a guy stepped up last weekend when I was there getting ready to preach he says are you when are you moving out and I said I'm not moving out dude I love y'all, but I, I get on that plane and come out there is about all I'm going to do. So anyways, uh, it's, it's been good. And um, so um, pray, pray for them. Kingdom Ranch Ministries, pray for them that God will bring them a shepherd. Amen. All right. Well, you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? The Apostle Paul is writing here in, in 1 Corinthians. And... Um, the three chapters that are before chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about how God moves and how God does things through the importance of love. And so, um, you know, the Apostle Paul is telling these things and really uh, getting the people all worked up into a, a good place where Holy Spirit can have control again of that church. Uh, they're in, in the land of Corinth. And so um, the Apostle Paul is writing here, and, and if you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, go down to verse 57. Paul was long-winded in this chapter. And so he's here in the 57th verse. It says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. He has given us the victory. The victory. This word victory is, um, the, it's got the, the, the root word to this word victory. In the Greek, the root word is Nike. N-I-K-E. We call it Nike. But it's that word. It's, it, it's, that's what Nike means. When you put on your little Nike shoes and you put on your little Nike sweatshirt and you put on your Nike ball cap, you're saying, you're proclaiming, I have victory. I have victory. You got victory? The Bible says you do. Whether you believe it or not, the Bible says you got victory. You, uh, that's pretty terrible English, wasn't it? Um, you have victory. I'm from Oklahoma. You can say got to, you know. <clears throat> but he says there, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I have heard preachers talk about this verse all my Christian life. They, that God has given us the victory. He's given us the victory. What has he given us victory over? He's given us victory over sickness, right? He's given us victory over poverty. He's given us victory over a broken heart. He's given us victory over divorce. He's given us victory over addiction and poverty. He's given us victory, hadn't he? I mean, that is, that is one scripture you can go and write on your mirror every day and you can read that God has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Right? Thanks be to God. Amen. How many of us can say that? We all should be able to. But when I look at this verse here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, when I look at that verse, what I see there is that what Paul is saying. Is he saying he's given us victory over sickness and disease? Is he, uh, you know, saying he's given us victory over all these things? Well, the context of this verse is that there are 56 verses before he says, thanks be to God. So when you see that, we have to find the context of what the Apostle Paul is saying here in verse 57. And the context lies within the scripture before that, the verses before that, and the verses that follow. But in verse 57, there is only one verse that follows. That's verse 58. So there's 56 more before it. 
that sets up the context of thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Right? So the the context that he's given there is one common thread from verse 1. And I'm not going to read it all to you today. You can go do that at home. But from verse 1 through verse 58, which includes verse 57 that we just read, has one common thread that runs through the whole chapter. And that common thread is death. Death. It's, it's common thread is, you know, we're all going to die. Oh, that's happy, isn't it? <laughs> we're all going to die. We're all going to die. But, but, but what has Jesus done for us through his death, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, he has given us life. And he's given us victory. The common thread that we see there, the context of what this verse is, is really pointing to is death and dying. When we talk about death, what, what do we think? I mean, I don't like, I, I've grown, I don't like talking about death. You know, my, my, my wife and I have been married for 25, going on 25 years this year. And, um, you know, anytime we bring up the, you know, what, how do you, how do you want to die? I mean, usually she says that to me when I'm being a jerk, you know, she, how do you want to die? <laughs> Probably not the way she's thinking. But, you know, you know, what do we think about death? Does it, does it scare us? Does it um, make us uncomfortable? Does it, does it, uh, you, you know, how do we feel about death? Because death is mysterious, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, you've got some um, in, in um, Christian circles. I mean, they made a movie several years ago about a little kid who died and went to heaven and he come come back to earth, you know, and told his family what all he saw. There's so many good stories out there of people that have died and went to heaven and, and come back and said how great it is. You know, there's there's colors that are in heaven that we've never seen. There's sounds in heaven that we've never seen. There's notes of music in heaven that we've never heard. There's There's all kinds of things in heaven that we just don't have here. But it's mysterious. And it's scary sometimes. It's, it's almost taboo to talk about at times. You know, you talk to certain people about death and they say, I don't want to hear about that. I, I, don't, that's, I don't want to hear that. But the Bible is full of what death is about. And so over the next few weeks, I really want to tap into some of those things and, and help us get to a place where death is not a scary thing. If you've got Jesus, you know, Jesus died. He died. Why did he die? He died because we're going to have to die. You know, it was old goofy Adam back in the garden that allowed death to come into this world. So when you die and you get to heaven, find Adam. I don't think there's, you know, the Bible says there's no tears in heaven, so don't beat him to death, you know. You can't die again, but don't, don't make him cry because there's no tears there, right? But we do have a conversation to have with Adam. I don't know about you, but I do. And um, so, so something, you know, fired me up about this, this thing of death and what the Bible says about it. Uh, back in 2010, I heard a man that I, I really like his preaching. I heard him preach on death. And it changed my thought about death. The, um, it, it challenged my thinking. Now, I go to a gym uh, every, three times a week. I go to a gym. It's an MMA gym. Um, myself and Lynette and, and my son, Rhett, and I got Wade and Patty back here that we all go to the same gym. Candace takes her girls to the gym. Candace is one that was singing up here this morning. And um, she takes her girls to the gym, jiu-jitsu, MMA, all that good stuff. We're tough, ain't we, Wade? We're, we're tough. Um, 
I mean, I'm living vicariously through the gym that I'm an MMA champion. <laughs> but, but we in that gym, we, we do circuit training uh, for, for what me and um, my family and Wade and Patty do. We do circuit training, and we go through there, and, and, the, and our coach does not let up on us. He, he, he makes it hard. But the direction that we usually flow in our circuit training in the gym there is a banner that hangs on the east wall, I mean on the west wall, that says if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And I see that while I'm doing squats. I see that when I'm standing on the BOSU ball. I see that whenever I'm doing push-ups. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And so this teaching on death many years ago challenged me. And, and because it challenged me, um, it, it, it challenged my thinking, it challenged my traditions. But it, when it was all said and done, it changed me and my view on death. Now, I'm a, I'm a preacher, and so I've done a lot of funerals. I mean, that was the whole ordination thing. When they ordained me to be a pastor or be a preacher, they said, you have the right to marry and bury. So I've done a lot of marrying and I've done a lot of burying. Never one and the same. <laughs> but I've done a lot of it. And, and so uh, that's why we offer marriage classes. <laughs> so. But to, to challenge us and our traditions and to challenge our thinking is what church is all about. That's what church is all about. See, we gather, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, he says that we come together in a place like this to renew our minds to the Word of God. Renew our minds. Amen? In Hebrews chapter 2, it says that, I'm sorry, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that we come together for the equipping of the saints. So if we're being equipped about life, we need to be equipped about death. And when I heard this teaching from this guy in 2010, it dropped into my heart that I needed to preach on it. Here we are, 12 years later. I have avoided this message for a long time. But we're going to talk about it now. Because in the last two years, that's all we've heard about every time we turn on the TV. It's all we've heard about is the statistics of who all died today. I mean... You know, before that, it was just, you know, who got, you know, murdered in downtown New York or Chicago or something like that. That's, you know, who died there. But this last two years, we have heard every news story comes or it starts with how many people died. And then all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks, that's not even a story. Amen. All right. I'm not going to get all political and all that kind of stuff, but, but um, I mean, we're here, we're here to be challenged and changed to the Word of God that death should not scare us. Death should not be a terror. Death should not be a fear. And so I want to I wanna dig into that to, uh, starting today and, and over the next couple of weeks. Like I said, when, whenever we were in transition a little bit ago, I, I, um, I, I grew up in Oklahoma. I'm you know, I don't know if Oklahoma is southern, but we're right on the border, you know, of being southern. Um, my dad was born in Arkansas. My mom was born on the Arkansas line in Oklahoma. And, and so that's southern. It's a little, little, little different, but it's southern. And, and so that's where my roots come from. And, you know, growing up, what I, you know, I didn't know if it was a southern culture, if it was just the culture of of the times that, that I grew up in, um, you know, there uh, where I grew up, funerals were different than they are today. And I, like I said, I don't know if it was the culture of, of that area of, the, of um, the country, but funerals are different there. What are, what, when I grew up, funerals were different because we had a thing when we went to a funeral or when we heard somebody died, they would invite us to a visitation, which usually happened the day or two before, and they would wheel this casket with this dead body in it, 
right in this little room, put us in this little room, all the flowers around, they open the lid, and it was your chance to visit or pay your last respects to the person who had died. I remember when my grandmother died um, back in 1977. I just, I'm not quite 10 years old yet. And my mom made me touch her. I don't want to touch no dead bodies, you know. I mean, kudos to those funeral directors and stuff like that that can do that stuff, you know. But I no. So we'd go to the... Um, I need to hurry. Um, we'd go to this visitation. They would open the casket, let you come by and look at the dead body and say, oh, they look so good. They look dead. You know? Anyways, um, we would do the, the visitation. And then the next day or the next couple of days, we would do the funeral service, so to speak. They'd wheel that body back in there, open the lid, and let you look at it and, and um, make you look forward to doing that not really and then we would you know get done with the you know obituary would be read or the eulogy would be read the preacher would say his words over the dead body and they'd shut the lid put him in the hearse take him to the grave and then we'd do another little service out there and pay our last respects before they stuffed them down into that hole and covered them up uh, my wife's grandmother when she died she had her casket all picked out I mean, before she died, she had her casket picked out. It was pink. It was pink. And it had satin all in it and all that kind of stuff. And you know what was funny? Is there were in the corners of that casket, in all four corners, it had stained glass with lights. I don't understand that, but... It had lights in it. It was pretty cool. So anyways, so they put them in the ground. They cover them up, all that good stuff. And then we would go back to either the church or somebody's house, go to the fellowship hall at the church or somebody's house, and we would have dinner, lunch or dinner or whatever was provided there, and we'd all sit around and tell stories. It was all good and fun and talking about things and the, the good life that the person led and all that kind of thing. So that's where I got the idea for this series. It's thinking about those times. There's a guy, I, I, I listen to Texas country every now and then. I like Texas country, red dirt country. Anybody like that kind of music? I, I like it better than Nashville music because Nashville is dead. Um, so I listen to good old Texas country. And there's a, there's a man that I, I like a whole lot. Me and my son like him. His name is Wade Bowen. And if you want to, you know, go listen to some of his stuff, it's pretty good. Um, not always godly, but it's good. And, but, but he began, he wrote a song or he sang a song that really described the way that I grew up going to a funeral or coming back for dinner. And, and he talks about how there's casseroles there and uh, pecan pie or any kind of pie, right? Uh, there's sweet tea like sweet tea, pie and casseroles. But there's one thing that it was ever, at every funeral dinner that we would go to, every reception or whatever that we would go to, and it was deviled eggs. <laughs> now, I don't like deviled eggs but personally, but I know there's a lot of people do because they're always at that dinner. <laughs> they're always there, and, and people eat them, and then you can smell it on their breath when they come up and talk to you and tell you about what Grandma did, you know, in her life. But this guy wrote a song about that, and, and I like his very last line that he says. He says, the preacher clears his throat, and then he said, everybody bow your head, and just like that, everything is blessed. Here's to death. Here's to dying. And how about those deviled eggs? <laughs> so I probably won't talk about much deviled eggs any more than this right here, but you're going to remember, remember the name of the series because the series' name is... Death, dying, and deviled eggs. So, pretty creative, huh? I borrowed that creativeness from somebody else. Um, 
one preacher I heard says, if you have eyes, plagiarize. So I did. And, and there it is. So that's what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks. And um, that's where I'm starting out today. So here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is talking about death. And along with it, he talks about the power and the promise of resurrection. Jesus, I mean, that's what our Christianity is founded on. If, if Jesus did not die and be buried and ra- be raised again, this Christianity, that's, that's the foundation. This Christianity is no good if Jesus didn't do that. Because the Bible calls him the first fruits of those who die. Because he overcame death. You know, we, we see before Jesus died and was resurrected, we see that uh, there, I think there are six deaths and resurrections or, or people being brought back to life before Jesus did that. Jesus was the seventh one written through the Old Testament and the New Testament. There have been people who died and been brought back to life through a miracle. But every one of those people died again at some point in their body. You know, you know what I mean? Not Jesus. Jesus died and was resurrected, and he's still alive to this day. Because he is that foundation of who we are in faith, is that he died, was buried, and was resurrected. And so, um, you know, the, the Bible talks a lot about death, and, and it talks about what we should do in the meantime as we live this life moving towards death. And, and how, you know, the Bible says how we should think about it and how we should handle death in our lives. Death's, death is hard for us sometimes. It's really difficult. My dad passed away two, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, and, and it was tough. It was tough. The man that's been there in my life for, for you know, 53 years, 51 at, the, at that time. But um, uh, when, when my dad died because of what I had heard and what I'd seen about death in the Bible, when my dad died, it didn't, it didn't break me. I love him. I miss him. But it didn't break me because I had, I, I know where he's at. You know, it's it's the same exact thing, and I may be getting ahead of myself here. But when when my son graduated high school, he moved to Texas to intern for a, a, a church and a ministry friend of ours, and he moved down there for a year. And I missed him. I, I missed him because. He and my wife bring a volume to my house <laughs> that I just have to go in the other room and shut the door sometimes because they're loud. But I missed him. He was gone, but he wasn't missing. I knew where he was. I knew where he was, and he moved to Texas. And thank you, Jesus, he came back. But I, I knew I knew where he was, so I didn't I didn't worry about it. I didn't it didn't it didn't hurt. Same thing with my dad. I know where my dad is. He just moved. He just moved. He ain't got a cell phone now. But he couldn't work the cell phone when he was on the earth, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> But as, as we begin to venture into this, um, into what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, uh, in 1 Corinthians there, in 1 uh, Corinthians 15, back up to verse 54 and 55. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. He says in verse 54, When our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Death doesn't bite. I mean, it may try to bite, but it doesn't have any venom because Jesus has overcome death. Jesus, by dying and coming, uh, coming or uh, being raised from the dead 
He's coming back again to gather us. And when he comes back again to gather us, that's when resurrection happens for us. But while in between time, death still happens. But when you think about death and it's going to happen to you and when it's going to happen to me and when it's going to happen to other people that you know, when, when you think about death, you've got to understand that death, where is your victory? Jesus has already paid that price. Where is your victory, death? And where is your sting? You have no sting that can take me down and poison me and, and, and kill me. Amen? Amen? Because it's through Jesus and his resurrection that death is swallowed up. I love that word swallow because it means to gulp. I mean, 7-Eleven in their big gulp does not have anything on Jesus because he gulped death when he died and was resurrected. He overcame death. So this is what we have the victory over. We have the victory over what? death. We have been given the victory over death. Even though our bodies will die, we will live forever. That's the cool part about being a Christian. I mean, that's, that's one of the selling points is even though you may die, you're going to live. You'll be resurrected. You'll be in God's presence. You're going to go to heaven. Amen. <clears throat> because he has given us the victory over death. Um, if, if you want to, you can go over to Hebrews chapter two. I'm going to I'm going to move in that direction. Um, the, the reason that we don't talk about death and dying a whole lot, that it's not a conversation piece that we normally, you know, around the dinner table sit down and, well, how's death today? We don't, we don't talk about it much. And, and one of the reasons that we don't talk about death and dying very much is because, it's, it, because of fear. There's, there's a lot of people, Christians included, um, fear death because it's scary, because it's mysterious, because uh, it can be frightening. <laughs> you know, it, you see all these movies that are made that, you know, I see dead people. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, things get scary, you know, ghost stories and all that kind of thing. Death can get scary to some people. I think that, you know, we as a society have kind of conditioned people to be afraid of death. But, um, but if we have victory through Jesus, if we have victory, fear should not be a part of our lives when it comes to death. Amen? Hebrews chapter 2 here, verse 14 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, Jesus, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Only Jesus could deliver us, could set us free from the fear of dying. That's why we need to press into him. That's why we need to have relationship with Jesus. Because he's the one who has set us free from death. Amen? Amen. He's the one that set us free from the power of death and set us free from the fear of death. Here's the thing, is that we are not free to live until we are no longer afraid to die. When we're afraid to die, we fall into bondage. We've, we've, uh, the, the Bible says in the New King James, it says we become subject to. What is being subject to? It's being... Um, uh, submitted to, that death rules over us, Death, the fear of death rules over us. And he said, you know, I have come to set you free from the bondage. 
I've come to set you free from being subject to death, the, 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 um, the fear of death. Because that is what Jesus did. He wants us to live. We have purpose on this earth. Living, we have purpose. And we will never really live to our full potential and purpose in this life until we are done with being fearful of death. Well, well what, if you, what if you put that parachute on, you jump out of a plane, what if you die? I'm going to die anyways. At some point. I, we're all going to die. I'm sorry. The statistics say that one out of every one will die. <laughs> Ain't nobody getting out of this thing alive. Unless Jesus comes back before we die. And I'd, I'd take that, all right. That's what Lynette always says. I said, you know, what kind of casket you want? You want lights in your casket like your grandma had? And she says, I don't even want to talk about that. I want, I'm, we're going we're gonna to blow out of here. All right. Let's, let's get some practice in. You know, we call that rapture practice at home. But this world has conditioned us that death is a bad thing. It's the worst thing that can happen. You know, our culture, our society has said that, you know, death is the worst thing that can happen because it's final. It's the end. That's all, folks. (laughs) But that's not true. That's not true. It's not the end. It's not the end. There's, there's, there's heaven that is better. And, and when it's all, when this thing is all wrapped up and it's all said and done and Jesus comes back for us and, and brings us into the, into heaven, we always think, well, heaven's way out there somewhere. Uh, you know, right now it is, but there is a time in, in Revelation that says that the new Jerusalem will come and set down on this earth. It, it's a part of this earth. You are a part of this earth. You were created from the dust of this earth. And, and God is the one that created you from this dust. And as our bodies belong, we're just bags of dirt. And as our bodies belong to this earth, when Jesus redeems this earth, when God redeems this earth, we're going to be redeemed to the fullest extent. But until then, we're going to die. The body, this person. It's not the end. It's not the end. If the Bible says that we have victory over death, then why should we fear? Why should we fear? How many, how many people do you know right now in your personal life that, are, that you're friends with, how many people that you know were born in the 1600s? <laughs> 1700s. 1800s. I mean, there, there, there may be a couple of people, a few people on this earth that, you know, maybe were born in 1899 and they're still living. But let me tell you something, they're knocking on death's door. There's not very many of them. And I can promise you that those people have been to a lot of funerals. And, and should you live a long life? Do you, do you want long life? I want long life. Should you live a long life? You're going to see a lot of funerals because we all die. We all die. <clears throat> there is almost 8 billion people on planet Earth. It's like 7.93 billion people on planet Earth. And how many of those 8 billion people, how many of them are dying or have died? They all will. But they're living on the earth right now. But the average of death, the average time, you know, people die of this 8 billion people 
they die, two of them die every second. Two people die every second. Two more. Two more. Two more. Every second, two people die. The, really, the statistics say 1.8, but what's that 0.8? <laughs> it's two people die. Before we get out of church this morning, <clears throat> 6,400 people will die. Don't start in here, okay? Just stay, stay alive, all right? By the end of today, by the time you go to bed tonight, 153,000 people will have died today. By the end of the year, 56 million will have died. Two more. Two more. But that shouldn't scare us. It shouldn't induce fear. Two more. Two more. And pretty soon, you and me. Two more. Right? If you would, go with me over to Psalm 90. Psalm 90. I love breaking out Psalm 90 whenever I do a funeral. I, I usually include Psalm 90 in the place where we're going here in just a minute because it brings so much um, gravity to a funeral. It brings so much gravity to, um, you know, why this person is either, you know, in a little box or an urn or in a casket when I do a funeral. Uh, it, it brings some gravity, this, this, these scriptures do. But, it, uh, you know, the writer of Psalm 90 is Moses. Moses was the writer of Psalm 90. And Moses lived to 100, the Bible says he lived to 120 years. He was 120 years old when he died. And it says that there was no sickness in his body, no loss of sight in his eyes, that he was a perfect man and just died. That's how I want to go. God's going to have to do a work in my eyes. That's the reason I can look at y'all because it's all blurry. <laughs> I don't have to I don't have to feel your stare back at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. But but Moses Moses wrote this and he was 120 years old when he died before he wrote this before he died. But he's writing it from a perspective of brevity or or the the shortness of what life is all about, this life that we live, this life on planet earth. And he's writing here in Psalm chapter 90, verse 1. I'm going to read this from the message translation. It says, God, it seems that you've been our home forever. Long before the mountains were born, long before you brought earth itself to birth, from once upon a time to kingdom come, you are God. I love the way he says that. He's, he's, he's talking to God and he says, you know, you've been here. Uh, the, the new King James says that you've been here from everlasting to everlasting. I mean, it's long before we can ever even fathom that God's been here all the way till long after we can fathom what this life has brought. He's saying, God, you've been around forever. You've been around forever. Skip on down to verse 4, and he says this, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. He says, in your sight, God, in your sight, in, in what you see from eternity's perspective, he said, what you see it's, you know, a thousand years in your time is like yesterday. I think it's in Second Peter that it says, uh, that Peter says, a thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years in God's perspective and the perspective of, of eternity. I mean, just like you think about what you did yesterday, woke up in the morning, went to bed at night, all the things you did, 
That's a thousand years to God. One day is like a thousand years to him. So if we live to be a hundred years old, all right, we'll just put that out there. Every one of us is going to live to we're a hundred years old. That is a tenth of one of God's days. Our lifespan is a tenth if we live to a hundred of one of God's days. How long is our day? It's 24 hours. So if you were to put that over on God's day, if it was 24 hours to him, our life would be 2.4 hours. (laughs) If we live to 100. 2.4, you're only here for 2.4 hours in God's time. A thousand years as a day, a day is as a thousand years. If that's the case to God, Jesus was just crucified and resurrected from the dead the other day, two days ago, day before yesterday to God. And, you know, I'm 53. I've got less than an hour left. (laughs) Some of y'all got minutes. And some of y'all got an hour and a half. Two point four hours is our life if we live to a hundred years old, right? I mean, the the head on a straight pin is probably your life in eternity. But as I was looking these things up, the average lifespan in the US today is seventy eight years. Around two hours God's time, so Enjoy your last hour. (laughs) Two more. Two more. (laughs) I'll move on. Psalm 90, verse 10. It says, the days of our lives, like sands through the hourglass, (laughs) the, the days of our lives are 70 years. This is Bible. This is Moses. Lived 120. He says, the, the days of our lives Um, are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for uh, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. He says, look, you know, even the Bible says 70 to 80 years. If you you live past 70 years, if you're in here today and you're you're over 70 years old, you are living in the grace and the goodness of God. You, it is, that's where I want to be. I don't know about you, but I want to be in that place where not, I don't expire at 70. I live past that and enjoy the goodness and the grace of God. The, the Passion Translation says that he wants to give you grace to live longer. So when we live in grace, we, we will live longer. Amen. James the book of James says that, <clears throat> de- or that our life is just a vapor. Can I see that? It's, it's like a vapor. It's like a mist. There it goes. <laughs> Two more. Two more. It's, it's just... A vapor. It's a mist. Our life is a mist. You may be sitting there going, Pastor, I don't like talking about this. This is very uncomfortable. That's why we are. Because, because you're going to die. I'm going to die. People are, that we love are going to die. I hope they don't die before their time, but everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. <clears throat> Two more. But we need to be free from the fear of death. Moses goes on in verse 12 and he says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, God, to number our days. The word number there means to count. Let us count our days. When you wake up in the morning, 
instead of instead of looking at your day going, I got stupid stuff to do today, and it's going to be a crappy day. That we should wake up in the morning and we say, today is another day that I'm living and I'm free from death. I'm going to live this life because I don't fear death. I'm going to live this life with purpose. I'm going to live this life. I'm going to count this day. That word count means to learn how to value your life on this earth. You, you got to value it. Because when you value it, it begins to show you your purpose on this planet. <clears throat> Every day we need to make the best of our day. There are good days and there are bad days. But you need to learn how to count your days. Moses said it. He said, <clears throat> he said, let us number, teach us, God, teach us to number our days. Teach us to value what our day holds and what our life holds. Make sense? When I think about it, 53 years old, got about an hour left. I know that I've spent more days living than what I've got remaining. So I'm going to count my days. I'm going to, you know, just wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, what are you doing today? Where are you going? Because if you're going somewhere, I want to go with you. Because when I go with you, I step into my purpose. When you, when you follow Jesus and you number your days, you step into your purpose. And when you step into your purpose, you find your value. And when you find your value, you find your worth. And when you find your worth, you are doing what God says to do. And you're not going to be afraid to die because you're doing what God told you to do today. Amen? Amen. The, the New Century version of verse 12, Psalm 90, verse 12, says, Teach us how short our lives really are so that we may be wise. Two more. <clears throat> because if we don't pay attention to know the importance of our days that we have been given, we will misuse and recklessly spend our time. Guys, time is one of the most precious commodities that you will never get back. So let's spend them in purpose. Let's spend them with value. Let's number our days. Let's see what God has for us while we are alive on this planet so that we can begin to feed into the value, our Christianity, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in order to bring other people into that knowledge so that they can step into their purpose and do what God's told them to do. God's good. See, we didn't, we didn't luck into being born. We didn't just... It, it wasn't just a... a fire of passion that brought us into this earth. I mean, that's naturally, that's the way it worked, fire of passion. We enter this, urge, this, this earth, we enter this earth in urgency. You know, when the water breaks, it's time for us to get in here. Two more. It's time for us to get here and begin to carry out what God has called. You didn't luck into life. You were planned and purposed by Jesus, by God. You were purposed and planned. He knows the span of your life. He knows what you're going to do. He knows the purpose he's given you. And for us to find that purpose and to walk in that purpose is to learn how to number our days. Amen? We were planned for purpose. And, and regardless of where we're at in life now, I mean, I know people that have, you know, that have only a few minutes left that came into this, into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And they're going, oh man, did I miss all this for the time that I've spent? No, God has a place for you. I heard, I heard a man say this years ago. He said, if you ain't dead, you ain't done. <laughs> Are you alive? Number your days. If you ain't dead, you ain't done. If you ain't dead, you ain't done. 
Should death scare us? No. Two more. Two more. Here's what I want to leave you with today. And, and it's, it's not a big revelation. It's inevitable that you're going to die. Your, your body's going to die. Should the Lord delay, should he not come back in, in our time, we're going to die. And it's nothing to be scared of if you're a Christian. If you're, I mean, even if you're not a Christian, you're going to live somewhere when you die. If you're not a Christian, you know, the Bible tells us there's a, there's a little community for you called hell um, that's, that's warm. Um, it's not very comfortable. You know, Pastor Lynette said that, you know, worms crawl in and out your eyes and it's dark and the clothing is ragged. Um, you're you're going to spend somewhere in eternity because you are an eternal being. You you are you are you are an eternal being. You're going to live somewhere. So if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you're going to spend eternity with Him, and it's going to be cool. It's going to be bright. It's it's a land of the living. That's you know that's what the land of the living is all about is heaven, is the kingdom of God. And, and if you've got that in your life now, if you, you know, Jesus, um, Jesus came to this earth and he, I can't, I can't think of the word. Um, anyways, he, he came to earth and he says, would you come? He, he conscripted, I believe that's the word, conscripted people to come and follow him. Because if you follow him, he's going to lead into heavenly places. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, he is going to lead us into heavenly places. And we will spend, when we die, if we have Jesus in our life, if we're followers of him, when we die, we will spend eternity in heaven. If we don't follow him, then we're going to spend our life in hell. And that's, I don't want to think about that. But I don't want to be scared of it because I've given my life to Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus. Dying is inevitable should the Lord delay his coming. We might die, but death has been defeated. The last thing here that I'm going to say is I remember reading a story years ago that when... um, when presidents back in, uh, you know, the 1700s, 1800s, early 1900s, when presidents died, when a president of our, of our country died, they would take his body uh, and put him in the uh, rotunda in the capital, in the, in the national capital. And they would, or when they were dying, they weren't dead yet. They would, they would set up a bed in the rotunda and there would be these senators and, and congressmen that would stay with the guy while he was dying. And the, 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 the ones that did not follow Jesus died not peaceable. They struggled with death. They, they struggled to stay. They struggled because, because they, they, didn't, they were afraid to die. And when we become afraid to die, it becomes not a peaceful thing. But when the presidents who were Christians and they followed after God, they, when they began to die, they would just go to sleep. And there wasn't a big deal. That's what it is to die with Jesus in our life. Because there is a hope. Because, there is, um, because death has been defeated. And that's where the Apostle Paul says, death where is your victory? And death, where is your sting? When we die as Christians, there is no sting. There is no taste of death. Death has been defeated in our lives. Death has been defeated. 
But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks be to God. Now, we're going to continue this series. I'm, man, there's so many things that I wanted to say today, and, and um, I was writing these things down last night. I, about 1030, I was like, I'm just, God, what do you want me to say tomorrow? And I knew I couldn't get into some of the things that I wanted to get into today, but we'll get into that next week. How about that? And we're going we're gonna to see some things that is going to bring about a peace to our death, but peace to those who have gone before us, who have died before us, and who will die after us, who will, who will die in our lifetime, and how we are going to die. I, I want to talk about those things. And I want to talk about those things from a perspective of life, love, and freedom. Amen? Amen. Let me, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the time that we've spent here today. God, even, even as we struggle to um, even as we struggle to put these things in perspective, God, I pray that we would begin to prepare our hearts to hear what your word says about death. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that if there's anybody in this room, anybody listening online, anybody listening to a podcast, God, I pray that if they've never asked Jesus to come and be a part of their life, they've never really desired to have that or known what that meant, Father, I pray that today they would get a view or a vision of Jesus on that cross dying for them. And that they would see Jesus eyeball to eyeball with them, saying simply, would you come and follow me? So with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a second, if you've never said yes to following Jesus, I want to ask you, just like Jesus was standing here talking to you, I want to ask you, would you follow Jesus today? Would you follow him? If you said yes to him, before, if you've, if you've been a Christian, you said yes to Jesus at one point, would you just lift your hand up and put it right back down? You're a Christian. You've said yes to him. If, if today you're saying yes to him again, would you just raise your hand and put it right back down? Yeah, all over the room. Now, if you've never said yes to Jesus before, but today you're going to say, you would say yes to him right now. I want to come and follow you. I want this new relationship. I don't know what it looks like, but Jesus, show me. I, come and, I want to come and follow you. If you're saying yes to Jesus today for the very first time, is that you? Would you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down? All over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, Father God, I thank you for those that have raised our hands today that we are Christians. We are believers, and we are people that come and follow you. And today, God, I thank you for those that said yes for the very first time today. And I thank you that you changed their heart, you changed their minds, and you, um, God, you just changed their address from, from, when they, from, from, from where they were when they walked in this place today. God, I praise you, and I love you, and I worship you, and I thank you that we have hope in you. We'll, just, we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory for what you're going to do in the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name.